Welcome to the Art of Visuals podcast. My name is Prince McClinton, creative entrepreneur and founder of Art of Visuals. And each week we bring you inspiring people and messages to help you unlock your creativity, launch your business, travel the world and create the life of your dreams. Thank you for spending time with me. Now let the good times begin. Everyone, welcome to today's guest to the show, Mr. Ryan Kalaki. Ryan, how are you, brother? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? I'm excellent. It's really, really exciting to have you on the show. Why don't you let the community know a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Super, super excited to be here. Uh, so I am a time-lapse photographer. Um, I also do shoot some weddings and things like that, but I think I'm more known for time-lapse, which we'll talk about today. And I'm also the head of community for CloudSpot, which I love to talk to you guys about later, which just makes some really cool tools for photographers as well. But I'm all about landscape and getting out there and, and you know, and just shooting on your own and just creating cool things. So it's just a lot of fun to uh, get out there and explore. Absolutely. And I, dude, I just got to watch one of your time-lapse videos and I was blown Uh-oh. away. It's really, really good. <laughs> and and Thank I'm you. Not, I have a lot of respect for time-lapse photographers because it's something that I've done, but it's not something that I do. And uh, it's very, you know, detail-oriented and uh, it's just like, I don't know, it's, it's a very specific niche and I think it attracts a specific, you know, type of person. And so I just have a lot of respect for, you know, you as a photographer because it's, it's just not easy to do well. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, it's actually really nerve-wracking. I mean, a lot of times, like, people hear that I'm a time-lapse photographer, and they go like, oh, man, that must be so easy, right? He sets up a tripod, and he hits, you know, a button somewhere, and then he could just sat, sit down in a chair and just relax for an hour, right? But I'm telling you, every single second that goes by, I am totally stressed out, because if one little thing goes wrong during that entire whatever hour or day or whatever it is that we're doing, you, you know, you may have to throw away the entire thing and start over, and if you're out there, you know, photographing some kind of brilliant sunset, you know, I've been out there at times like in Lake Tahoe and things like that, and you get this once a year kind of a time lapse, I'm sorry, once a year kind of a scenario, the awesome sunset there, everything's set up, and then your camera just does a little shift, you know, halfway through, and you can't get that sunset back. So time lapse is a little bit stressful, but when you do it right, it just really pays off and it inspires a lot of people who watch it. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us, uh, you know, how you got into photography in the first place? Yeah, it's a bit of a crazy story. Um, Let's go back. So we're going to set the clock back about 10 years ago. Um, That would put me basically in my early 20s. So I I feel pretty old right now saying that, you know, I'm in my early 30s now. But hey, that's that's cool. But about 10 years ago, I decided to go back to school. Basically, I had like two different passions in life. I had this one passion where I really just love to help people, right? And so just being a good student myself and and always wanted to become a doctor, you know, there was that route. Or there was the other route, which is my passion for photography. Um, The thing was, it wasn't really a decision because in my family, you don't typically go towards artistic professions, you know? And, And because I had like my dad, you know, telling me, you know, certain things and stuff like that, there was no choice. I went down the path of becoming a doctor. And so with that, I went, you know, went back into school, got into a program, started going into it, became extremely busy, really successful student. And about two years into it, 
uh, I was newly married to my my still beautiful wife. And between all of the schoolwork and all the studying and even the clinical rotations in hospitals and things like that, I just wasn't really seeing her so much. And by the way, for you guys out there, there is going to be a lesson behind this, but I was also going to work as well at the same time as doing all this stuff. And she says, I don't see you anymore. We need to change this, right? So I decided that we were going to do uh, something together every single weekend. That little thing, we're going to get away for about two or three hours once a weekend and go visit some kind of a beautiful place here in Southern California. And with that, we were going to bring our camera. Now, you guys, important to know, I did not know anything about photography back then. And I decided, regardless, I'm going to buy a little camera. I bought a little Rebel XS, tiny little SLR camera, terrible lens, and uh, in a, like a $30 tripod from Best Buy. And we went out. And every single weekend, we went somewhere new, and we took a little time-lapse clip. And I just started, you know... Through a, through a few YouTube videos, I learned how to actually put a time-lapse together. So after a couple years of us going out to different locations together and building up this cool thing, I decided, okay, I'm, I'm done. Like, we've done this a lot. I just want to get this video together. Let's just do it. So we're sitting there one night, and I spent about three hours just kind of putting it all together. And what happened was a day in California. That's so wicked. So by putting it all together, are you talking about <clears throat> as you were producing each time lapse, were you putting each time lapse together and then you spent three hours uh, compiling all of your time lapses over the year and putting them into one? Yeah, that's basically what it is. So as I would go through every weekend, we'd shoot that little time lapse. I would make the clip. So I'd actually render it into a video clip. So after two years, I had all the clips and I just kind of turned it into an actual two and a half minute video, which then became A Day in California. And it's funny because A Day in California, it's terrible. And, and you guys, like, it, I, well, I shouldn't say it's terrible, but you guys need to understand, I don't judge me. I, I didn't know what I was doing back then. And there's just so many issues with it. But it's still my number one video in terms of views. And I, you know, if I think about it, it's really because of the passion that went behind it, right? This video wasn't created for anybody but my wife. It was just kind of like a love story to her, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because of that passion and stuff, it just, it just skyrocketed. You're such an artist. I love it. It's so funny how artists, uh, we all get weird about our old artwork. You know, like we can never just yeah. be like proud. Like we can never just be like, yeah, no. check. Like we're always like, you know, that's old, and and oh my gosh, don't judge it. But dude, it's so good. It's it's, it's seriously, it's so good. It's so awesome. Um, and thank you for clarifying the the three hour deal. I thought I'm like, dude, this guy Ryan is a ninja. He edited that. He put that video together in three hours. Like who is this guy? Like I need to fly down there and like convince him to come join AOV because that's <laughs> insane that he can just like be that productive and like knock things out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty good, but I'm not that good that's for sure. <laughs> but what's crazy is so I got this video. It's two and a half minutes long. I put it onto YouTube just to show my mom. Right. Uh-huh. And so she watched it that night and she's, she's like, oh, yeah, that's nice. You know, whatever. And so the next morning I wake up and nobody followed me on YouTube or anything like it's just a personal channel. I wake up and it's got like 400,000 views. And by lunchtime, we were approaching three quarters of a million. And then by dinner, uh, we were well over a million. And I started getting contact, contacted by producers, 
by people in TV industries, by marketing people. It was insane. But I was going towards becoming a doctor. So to be <laughs> honest, a lot of that didn't mean anything to me at that point. I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool, you know, but hey. when When was this? So this would be about six years ago. Okay, so we're like 2011. <clears throat> right around there. Okay. Yeah. That makes so sense. Pretty that's that's big. That's like in 2011 like I, like that was like the infancy I would say, right, of time-lapse photography. Like it was yeah. uh was like a very new thing. Uh very few people were able to do it well like yourself and that's awesome. I think that goes with uh, as far as like things going viral, like uh, luck has a lot to do. like, obviously like mm -hmm. creating great content is, is, is key. But uh, the reality is like luck has uh, a lot to do with that stuff, like right place, right time. And boom, like, if, yep. you know, nowadays you, know, you could go make a really awesome time-lapse video and it'll still get views and plays, but it's not like, oh my gosh. It's like when drones first came out and people started seeing aerial footage for the first time, and, yep. like, you could post a, dr a drone clip of anything and everyone thought it was the most amazing thing they've ever seen just because we're just not used to seeing we're not used to seeing that type of media especially from the sky you know yeah so that's really uh, that's really cool but you you nailed it on the head i mean a lot of stuff like you don't necessarily need to have a following in order to make something go viral you know it's this good content something that's catchy but then also like you said it's, it's all about timing and the timing you'll just never get it perfect you just got to kind of throw it out there and see what happens so yeah. Don't beat yourself up. Like I've had so many videos that I thought were just even way better than a day in California and they only get 20,000 views or 30,000 views or things like that, which is still great. But you would think that, you know, it's oh, I'm going to get millions of views each time. Don't beat yourself up. Like, yeah, it doesn't work that way. So, and you just got to create, like, right. You got to create your yeah. own luck. And the way you do that is by creating. It's like just the more at bats you have, the more opportunities you have for creating an amazing piece of content that might go viral. Absolutely. And so speaking of creating, so at that point, you know, I'm still in school and I actually just graduated from that school and I, I'm going on, I'm going on to a new university to continue going towards becoming a doctor. And in the back of my head, you know, I'm going, man, that photography thing is, it's really, really freaking cool. And I started almost second guessing myself as far as my path toward becoming a doctor, but I've already got years invested in this and you know, I'm about halfway there, you know, that kind of stuff. So I kept going with it. When I got to the new university, uh, the school actually found out that I was the guy who created a day in California, and they blasted it on their own Twitter. And so then all of a sudden, pretty much all the professors, and I would say at least half the students in the school knew Ryan Kalaki, a day in California, now goes for a school. Where is this guy? And so people would approach me and stuff. It was, it was so bizarre. It was really, really kind of cool, but it was bizarre because – I'm not there for that, right? So here's what happened. I ended up taking a class called Advanced Poetry, which uh, it, it was a really, really difficult class, which is why my dean recommended me to do that. And in there was a professor. His name is Dr. Aijin. He found out that I created that video. And at about halfway through the semester, I was the only one in that class who was getting an A, and he really liked me a lot. And he was like, Ryan, let's go for a walk. We went for a walk. Didn't know this guy really at all. But he said, listen, like, I know that you'll make a great doctor. No problem there. He says, but are you going to beat yourself up for the rest of your life if you don't pursue your passion? Now, 
And that definitely, I, I, he had more things to say, and he definitely encouraged me and almost gave me an ultimatum, like, you need to do this. And so for the next few days, you know, that's all I could think about. Um, but, you know, I wasn't ready to just jump right at, you know, I was going to shift gears and just leave school and just go for it. Um, I wanted to have a little bit of security. Now, I was a guy who knew nothing about business. I knew nothing about really photography. But I did know that I, there was there was one thing that I really had going for me, which I think people can learn from, which was I really wanted this, okay? And because I really wanted this, I was like, I'm going to go out there and see if I can do it. I'm not going to leave school. I'm going to try and actually get some clients. And if I can get some clients and I can show my, my wife that this is a good idea and I think that this is a good path for us, then we'll see where it goes. So that's exactly what I did. So, so you basically went about it <clears throat> the way that often people will help coach entrepreneurs, someone that wants to start their own business. Uh, they'll often say, hey, you know, don't quit your day job, right? but, you know, work your day job. And then when you're not working your day job, put in those extra hours when you get home and work on, uh, you know, work on getting your business going. And then once your business is somewhere you know, towards generating some revenue and stuff, then you can leave your day job and transfer into it full time. So dude, that's really amazing that you had that a epiphany after the meeting with your professor. And it's even more amazing that your professor had the courage to have the conversation with you. Um, I know that's a really tough conversation for people to have, especially coming from a professor, basically telling you you should drop out and pursue uh, what you love to do, which, you know, kind of goes against what his role is, I guess, in society, which is to, to, to want people to go through formal education to pursue these different careers and things like that. Because you haven't left school yet. So you're still in school full time. And now you're trying to land your first few major clients. How did you go about doing this? Yeah. So it's pretty funny. Essentially behind my wife's back, I went ahead and I started looking into different companies that I think would like time lapse. And because I was so passionate about the state of California and getting outside and traveling and adventuring and finding new locations, I was like, okay, tourism would probably be a really good start for me. So I found our state tourism board, Visit California. They're a pretty big and well-known organization over here. And I found a person that I thought I should talk to there, which just so you guys know, is almost always like a marketing director or somebody at a company who you know can make decisions. And I went ahead and I contact that, contacted that person. Well, hold on. How did you find this person, though? You well, pull, you know, it's you funny. Pull a yeah, name Go out of a hat? No, no. Google is pretty good. You know, LinkedIn, that kind of stuff. I mean, if you, if you have, like, a company name, like, let's just say it's Microsoft, you would just type in Microsoft Marketing Director, you'll find their name. And then from there, you may have to search a little bit deeper, but eventually you'll find either an email or a phone number. And I'll say, just from experience, Phone is probably best, but at that time I wasn't yet confident enough to do it, so I sent an email. Gotcha. Okay, so LinkedIn's a great tool for finding decision makers and organizations, and oh, yeah. using Google to search and using keywords like company name and marketing director will hopefully yield a result with the name attached to it. Exactly. VP of marketing, marketing director, those are usually the people that you want to speak to and really, these are almost always the guys who are going to give you the yes or no. They almost never have to go somewhere else or like talk to other people within the organization. They know the budget that that company has set for certain projects during the year. And if you get to well, the, if you get to know them well enough, they'll even let you know what those budgets are, which I can talk about later as well. 
Love it. Love it. Okay. So you found this lady, you found a contact and then what? So it was pretty funny. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was a little bit creative and I didn't want to just shoot off an email that was just really basic or went straight into business. I kind of made a bet in that email. Now, I'm not suggesting that you guys do this, but I'm going to tell you what I did because maybe you can take something away from it. Okay. I wrote an email to her and I said, hi, my name is Ryan, a medical student. And I made this video called A Day in California. And I would love for you to watch it. But after you watch it, if I put a single tear in your eye from watching that video, I want you to write me back and give me a shot at making a video for Visit California. Okay. So I was putting a lot on the line there, right? Because what, what if she watches that video and she didn't get emotional? Maybe she just never emailed me back. Maybe she was never going to email me back to begin with. However, I think I definitely piqued her interest because she's probably at that point going, what is this guy talking about? What did he send me, right? I have to watch this thing. What's going on? And so she did. And my response back was, Ryan, I just cried. This is amazing. Oh my gosh. You know, let's talk some more. And that's how we got the wheels rolling with everything. Dude, that's beautiful. So you had a, you had like an attention grabbing headline in the email. Like you immediately got her attention you didn't write some lengthy, you know, email, you know, throwing up everything about yourself and your history and how much you could do this for and what you wanted to do. Uh, you just basically led with your content and basically put the ball in her court to decide on whether uh, if she was into it, then to follow up. Yeah. And hopefully that's a major takeaway for everybody, because even when I did do email correspondence with all the other companies that I've dealt business with, um, you have to understand these people who that you're you're talking to in these positions, they don't have a whole lot of time and they probably have even less interest in an email just coming out of the blue. So you really need to find some way to capture their attention within that ten, first 10 or 15 seconds. That's so, so important. I've done the lengthy email thing just to kind of test it out. And I'll tell you, it doesn't work nearly as well as a short email that has something that grabs their attention when it comes to the first time you're reaching out to them. So. Excellent. So <clears throat> now you guys are talking, what are these major clients? Like, what are they looking for? Like, have you, have you noticed something uh, in common? Let's specifically talk about tourism uh, since you're working with tourism, uh, major tourism clients. Yeah. What is it that they're looking for? The big thing that I think they're looking for. Okay. So they're looking for content to put out there. Right. And the content uh, needs to revolve around whatever it is that they're pushing. Um, you know, for, for them, it's easy because they want those really cool landscape shots of California and things like that. So if you guys, if you do landscape stuff already and you love getting outdoors, your local tourism companies are going to want that kind of stuff. Okay. They, they need it. Um, another thing that they're looking for, I'd say every single time is somebody who they like. Okay. These these companies often they contract out with large marketing agencies and a lot of times like that's just it's all business right it's all about money it's all about you know just oh gosh paperwork and legal and all that kind of stuff when they have a small time photographer approach them for like smaller projects or even medium-sized projects they love developing that personal connection with you 
Um, so you guys always want to don't, don't be too guarded, you know, don't be afraid to show your personality a little bit as you guys start talking. Um, I think that they really appreciate that. I think once they see that it's a real person behind this and this person has a real story and I, I like Ryan, when, if you get to that point where they go in their head, I like Ryan, you've pretty much sealed the deal with whatever it is that you're trying to pitch them. So that's a big one. So relationships are important. It's the relationship business. <clears throat> I can definitely second that. So yes, relationships. And I think that goes with anything in tourism and any business relationships are, are far more important than trying to be. Uh, I know a lot of times people that are green uh, and by green, I mean new are often overly professional <laughs> when, when right, with right. people. Uh, so true. And it just makes things really awkward. Like just be yourself. Right. I mean, the reality is if they don't like who you are, then you probably don't want to be working with them anyways. Um, and it's probably not going to be a good match long term. You're probably going to run into issues down the road that, you know, you probably wouldn't have run into. Oh, my gosh. That's so true, especially for people who shoot landscape like me and you. I mean, uh, you know, we're the kind of people who we love to create. I mean, a lot of people in your audience are like this, right? We want to create something that is deep inside of us. We want to actually show the world what we can do. And if you have a client who is just breathing down, down your neck as far as like, I want this shot and I want this shot and it's going to be done this way, uh, you're not going to be happy. I mean, even if it's a solid contract with a lot of money, you are not going to be happy. So if you can make that emotional connection with your client and they can go like, I trust this guy and he does cool stuff, that's what you want. Absolutely. And you get burnt out. You know, I have a lot of guys yep. that come to me and, you know, I ask, yeah, you know, how you doing? And like, dude, I'm burnt out, man. Like I've been, I don't want to work with any brands anymore. Like I'm done. And it's usually those guys that are more or less working on a transactional basis uh, because yeah, it sucks when you have a bunch of people breathing down your neck, telling you how to create when they hired you because you're the creative person and they want your talents to, uh, to promote their products, whatever it is. But when you don't really have the, the creative control and, uh, it's kind of a bummer. And it also with just building a business relationship, uh, oriented business and sales, you just keep working with the brand. All of a sudden they have this and then this next, and then you have 10 brands that you're working with or five brands on a consistent basis and life's good. But when you're working transactionally, it's really rough because you finish a campaign or a project and then it's done. And then guess what? You got to get back to selling and knocking doors and trying to find your next client. And, uh, at least for me, and I always recommend to people that's just not necessarily the best way to build a business is transactionally because you're constantly searching for new business. But if you do it right, you can get a few really steady clients that hopefully for the next couple of years, will just keep putting money in your pockets and you don't have to really do sales, which most creatives aren't that good at anyways, and they don't want to do it. They just want to create. So that's the best way to go about that. Build relationships. That's right. And luckily back then I knew that, right? Because I, it's like, okay, great. I have this one client and it looks like we're going to do something really, really cool here. But is that enough for me to, you know, drop out of medical school and not become a doctor? Um, the answer to me was no. I wanted to get another client on board as well. And I was like, if I could get two clients and I think that I can keep the wheel turning with them and keep doing projects and then I can go and reach out to more people and, and get new clients and stuff like that, then I feel comfortable leaving my, you know, becoming a doctor essentially. And so that's what I did. Uh, I, while talking to visit California, I reached out to another more local tourism company and showed them 
you know, showed them the video, approached them a little bit differently, but then also kind of attached something else to it, to it. Cause I said, Hey, and by the way, I'm now going to be shooting for visit California. Um, you know, and that puts a little bit kind of a strength behind it. If you can like tell them that you're working with certain clients and things like that and basically got them on board as well. So at that point I then had two major clients and that's when I approached my wife and said, Hey, what do you think? Should we do this? And, uh, you know, it was a bit, it was a big yes. And to be honest, we just kind of never looked back after that. Dude, that's beautiful. So leverage, you leverage existing yep. clients to help get new clients by establishing credibility. Yep. And then I want to talk about, cause this is a big one. I think I, I know so many people that are either in school now, you know, in college or, uh, you know, my intern is brilliant. He's 17. He's in high school. He's a senior. He has like a four point, like five GPAs got accepted to all these colleges. Uh, but you know, he wants to be a photographer and he wants to be a creative an artist. And like you, uh, that's difficult for a lot of people, you know, myself included. I, my college years were terrible. I was constantly at battle, <laughs> you know, going between like what my parents want me to be and what right? I feel like society wants me to be and what I feel like I should be to be like a valuable person to society. And then like what I wanted, you know, and That's right. so how did you, I mean, so your wife's on board, that's beautiful. But like, it sounded like the whole reason that you even uh, went to medical school was because it's uh, your family. And so how did you communicate this to your family? Yeah, that was a scary one. Uh, you, you don't throw curveballs at my dad, that's for sure. But uh, I had this curveball and, and because I had the, the support of my wife and they really like my wife, uh, just, you know, they just look at her differently for some reason. Um, it, it was pretty easy. And I was amazed because but both my parents saw this thing, right? They're like, oh my gosh, Visit California wants to do something with my son. This other company wants to do something with my son and she can be professional at it. Well, okay, give it a shot. Take a semester off. To them, it was Ryan is taking a semester off to go do something fun and make some money. You know, in my head, I'm going, oh man, I am about to build a business out of this and this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And we left it at that. Right. And, you know, it just, it just grew into that and we just kept going and going. So it's okay. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. So you have two clients now. You're doing your thing. How are you? I mean, did you stop there? Did you keep keep growing? Do you have any more tips on how to, you know, do we, is there anything that you'd like to share with the community about getting clients that we haven't already? Yeah. I mean, so much. And, and that kind of what I'm going to tell you tip wise also kind of applies to the next part of the story, right? Because now I'm, I'm leaving college. I'm done with it. And I made this series of videos uh, for Visit California. It's called Imagine California. If you guys want to look it up, I, I don't ever play ads, so I don't get anything from you guys watching it. Wait, um, real quick too. Congratulations. I have a ton of respect for you for also leaving college to pursue something that you were extremely passionate about. Like I think it, it just takes a lot of courage in today's society for people to follow their dreams. It's really difficult. So anyone that I ever like come across that – uh, is truly following their path and, and blazing their own trail. Like I always have a ton of respect for. So like, just want you to know that I have a ton of respect for you for that. Thank you. I, it, that really does mean a lot. It wasn't easy, but I'm really, really glad I did it. So awesome. So at, at this point, like I was telling you, um, 
I had those two clients and I wanted to go ahead and get more, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of me just going out and just reaching out to just different companies around me, I thought I'd approach things differently. And I think that everybody listening can maybe identify with this. I love the outdoors. I love traveling. Okay. But another thing, I loved Vegas. Not like the party aspect. Like I'm not a party guy. My wife is probably laughing listening to this right now. I'm not a party guy at all. But there's just something about Vegas. Like I love being there, the hotels, the lights, all that kind of stuff. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to choose uh, who, what kind of clients I'm going to go after, let them be in Vegas, right? So I went ahead and I approached two hotels. Uh, one of them ended up being my next client, my third client, which is the MGM Grand. And we, from there, you know, we, we made a really cool time-lapse video with them. It was amazing, but I wasn't satisfied. I was like, well, this is really cool, but I want to own Vegas. Like I want to shoot there all the time. So I ended up getting the actual tourism board for Las Vegas to be my client. And then from there, shooting for all kinds of different hotels, shooting for the city, all kinds of stuff. And that to me was such um, a learning process because I figured out that I wanted this thing that I found out where I wanted to travel to and spend some time. And I just went out there and I attacked it and I got it. So it's like, so if I can do that for California and I can do that for Las Vegas, can I do that for other cities and other states? And really the answer is yes. And I hope that you guys all listening to this understand that. If you guys love to travel and you love to do landscape shots, there's no reason why you can't approach different companies and have them actually kind of pay for you to travel in a way. It's, it's actually a really cool thing. From the community aspect, that's like what most people want, man. They just want to be able to travel, see the world, experience new things. They can make some money. Hey, that's really nice. Like that'd be ideal. But I mean, even if it's just the trips covered, it's like, Hey, that's a trip. And the reality is like, you got to build a portfolio. You got to get some work underneath your belt. You got to build a name and all that stuff's important. What's interesting is, were you doing time-lapse stuff for all these different people? Okay. So yes, it all started as time-lapse with, with all four of those companies, right? So, so you niche down, like I, what I'm, I guess what I want to get at is like, it's, it's really interesting and I, I think it's hard for most people to like want to like sp pick a specific genre. Like I'm the nightscape guy or I'm the time lapse right. guy. When they're like, yeah, I'm really good at time lapse, but I can do everything. Like I can shoot landscape and time lapse mm -hmm. and portraits. And the reality is I can, I can just shoot really well. Uh, right. But it's weird. It's like this weird. I, I think we're slowly getting, I think brands and people, uh, tourism destination marketing organizations and all these different companies are like getting over that slowly. But uh, they really do like, quote unquote, experts in like one thing. Like, There's something about like knowing that you're the time lapse guy that makes them feel really comfortable to where like, you know, they might not even think about you to hire for the product shots because you're just the time lapse guy. But it also probably helps you get a lot of great business. Yeah. And what you said is so true. It, it, that's exactly what happened. So I was getting hired to do these time lapses for these companies and these companies, they still needed just general photography. They needed like other videos and stuff like that, but they didn't really connect the dots there that like Ryan could do that. For, to them, I was just a time-lapse guy and we really like him. And so until I finally reached back out to visit California and I was like, hey, by the way, if you guys have other stuff, like I would love to shoot photos for you guys and things like that, they immediately came back and was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, we have this project coming up in three months 
and it's four different locations around Southern California. Would you like to just shoot photos for us? I was like, well, yeah, of course, you know, of course. <laughs> but it took that, right? It took me reaching out to them and going, hey, just so you know, I would love to do this. And then the other side, we had that existing relationship where they knew I like Ryan. So you put those two things together and it's just basically kind of seals that deal. Absolutely. So it's like, it's almost kind of nice to lead with one specific thing that you're best at, not to, oh, yeah. not to just overwhelm them. If you're like, Hey, you know, I'm right. Prince and I can shoot photos and time-lapse and do video and do Instagram and do this and do that. They're like, I don't know. There's this guy who's talented, but I don't really know what to use him for. Cause like I, he just does a lot and I don't, but if you just give them that one niche specific thing, then in their head, they're like, Oh yeah, we have a need for a video or for this type of photography. So yeah, some good nuggets there. You nailed it, man. Start with a niche and then you can spread out later, but don't confuse them in the beginning. That's, that's good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so really cool that you're utilizing all this stuff to travel, um, to get to Vegas, to get wherever it is that you want to be. Um, so now you're in Vegas, what's the next step on, you know, in this, in this path, this journey that you've now chosen? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, of course I continue to do time lapses. We, we moved on and I shot in all kinds of different States and locations. I've been to different countries and shoots, different kinds of things. I eventually, um, I decided that mostly because of my wife to also start shooting some weddings as well. And just so you guys know, like, uh, you're probably thinking, but Ryan probably didn't have time to do that. Yeah, you're right. Like, if you think about it, I just don't have time to do anything. But um, I, I kind of had to have a shift in in the way that I think about things. Because if you say to yourself, I don't have time for this, it's almost like you need to erase that out of your brain. You should really kind of replace that uh, way of thinking with it's not a priority, right? Uh, I think that that's a more healthy way of just looking at the, your life and the way that you spend your time. And so when my wife was like, hey, we should really start getting to weddings, like that would be a lot of fun and it's something that I can help you with. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't have time for it, but you know what? Like I wanted to make that a priority. So we started building up photography within weddings, uh, mostly here in California. And then that grew out of state and in all kinds of, of stuff there. So we just decided that, you know, we'll split the time between time lapse and weddings. And that's just the route that we took. Beautiful. And it's, it's really cool that you guys got to do that together. And even to, just to take a step back to the beginning of the podcast episode, you and your wife hanging out, doing photography together. Like, that's really cool. Like, I almost feel like I need to do like another, like another, a separate podcast episode, like how to save your relationship, pick up a camera, right. take your girlfriend or your wife and start adventuring and creating together and you will grow closer and enjoy each other so much more. <clears throat> cause I feel blessed cause my girlfriend's a photographer. So, uh, when we're not working, like that's all we're doing is like, we're just out together, you know, doing our thing, running around, taking photos, hanging out. And, uh, it's like the greatest the greatest thing in in the world. And to be honest, without that, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, we, we'd still have some type of relationship, but I just, I really don't know what it would look like considering how much time uh, photography takes up in my life and in her life as well. It's really cool that we're able to bring them together. And I think most people, photography is one of those things to where once you expose someone to it, whether they're into it or not, it's really easy to fall in love with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, she's played such a big part of just continuing my 
uh, adventure in photography, and which is awesome. But it, it's funny when we think about it now, though. You mentioned something. When I first came out with that first video, A Day in California, um, the Huffington Post was one of the first people to reach out to me to want to write an article about it. And they found out that the, that the video was really just a love story to my wife, Sherry. And they made the article basically about that. And it's still out there. Like if you, if you type in like my name or something like that, it'll pop up. And I got so many brownie points for that. Like I can't even tell you. I mean, she was – her family and her were through the roof. Like I just seemed like the coolest guy ever. I mean it was – <laughs> I don't so know if romantic. I meant it that way, but hey, you know, yeah, you know, I don't that's, know if I'm that romantic, but you know, it, it's funny. It's a good that, thing. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. So you're working at CloudSpot now. Yeah. And how did that tell, you know, what's the transition from full-time photography to CloudSpot and why? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's not a transition by the way. So like I was telling you guys earlier about thinking about your time and saying, uh, it's not a priority. Well, I'm still very much a full-time photographer. Um, I, I've toned it down a little bit on time-lapse just because, you know, I do have two kids now. I've got my wife. We've got our, our little nuclear family there. And I don't want to spend too much time away from home right now. So instead, what I've done is I've kind of refocused a little bit towards helping other photographers. And one of the ways is with CloudSpot. So as, as it happened was basically we were out shooting at a wedding. And we were actually shooting video for a certain wedding. And the photographers there, we, we just got along with them really, really well. And that was Gavin and Aaron. Gavin, at the time, happened to mention that he was creating this company called CloudSpot. And it was going to be this cool gallery system that really helps photographers. And I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. You know, <laughs> sounds awesome. I'm sure it's probably like a dumb app or something like that. But no, like it was, it was something real. And it, it piqued my interest. But... Better than that, me and Gavin became best friends, and then my wife and Aaron became best friends, and it all just connected. And eventually, here I am, now the head of community for CloudSpot, and we've got just an amazing community and an amazing platform of photographers who use our tools every single day. That's beautiful, that's beautiful. So <clears throat> tell us some of the benefits uh, of CloudSpot for like, someone from the AOV community, why would they, why would they want to utilize CloudSpot? Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I could have, man, I wish I knew about CloudSpot when I first started photography, really. Like that would have made things a, so much easier. I, I know. Right? <laughs> what were you using by the way? Were you just like Dropboxing or WeTransfer oh, dude, or something? I, or? It's something like that. I don't really know. I mean, I think I've even attached images just to emails, you know, like just an like, attachment. Hey guys. Here's 10 gigs. Here's 10 gigabytes worth of photos. Hopefully you Dude. have a fast internet connection to download these in one setting. <laughs> so bad, man. So bad. Even Dropbox, like it's just, it's just not ideal for what we do, right? It's so not. just, just so everybody knows. So CloudSpot is basically um, the fastest and easiest way to send photos to your clients. Okay. And, and that doesn't mean anything. Like when you hear that, it's like, okay, I, I still have no idea what CloudSpot is. So let me explain it a little bit better. It's like, hold on. That, that's like, that's, that's the tech. That's like the tech startup one-liner. You're like, okay. it is terrible. So what, yeah. do you, so what do you do? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I hate, I hate that. But so here's what it is. So for you guys at home, if you have a client, right. And you shoot some kind of photography for them, you shoot photos and now you're, you, you know, you've edited your photos or you got them all together and you need to actually send them to your client so that they can see it. So uh, most of you are probably using Dropbox, uh, maybe like WeTransfer, like we're saying, maybe like some other services. 
Um, but that's not really ideal if you think about it. Because on the other end, like always be thinking about what is your client thinking right now? Are, what are they thinking? What are they seeing on their end? And how are they perceiving it, right? Because if you want to continue to do business with your clients and keep things going and, and growing, really, um, you need to nail it from every single aspect. And so CloudSpot kind of handles that. What you, what you do is you actually upload your photos to CloudSpot. And what it does is you can create a gallery, okay? So if you think about it, a gallery is basically like a really clean and pretty and easy way for your clients to look at your photos. It's almost like a mini website, but even better than that because they can look at your photos on this, this page that they scroll through and they can download images if you want them to. You can tell CloudSpot to watermark your images or to resize them however you want them. I mean, it's basically all done to your specifications on the fly, which is really cool. But when the client actually opens up that gallery, they get this email from you and it's all white labeled. So it just has your logo on it. Um, it's got a cool photo in it. It's got your text. They click on that link and they go like, oh, wow. Like, it, it, and that's what you want. You always want to have that like, oh, wow moment when they first see what it is that you created for them. Yep. And you just don't get that with Dropbox. You know, um, It's all about controlling that user experience. And with Dropbox and, and utilizing other ways, you know, other file management tools to deliver images to clients, you can take an amazing experience from, wow, like I met him. The photographer was amazing. They did such a good job. And then they sent me the photos and it was just like, it killed me. Like it was just, I had a really tough time downloading them. I couldn't, my internet wasn't fast enough to like to view them all. And uh, there's just a hundred different things that could go wrong. And, I, and I've had a lot of situations <laughs> in the last decade of trying to set, you know, I've had, you know, you try to email them and then all of a sudden Google wants you to do it through Google Drive. So you say yes. And then for whatever reason, the person on the other end is like, hey, I can't download these on Google Drive. Like it's just letting me view them, but I can't download them. And uh, you want to learn an easy way to like upset a client, like make getting their images that they are like are waiting for and really excited to see it and make that a really difficult process and just watch like everything go flat. And That's so right. uh, with CloudSpot, I mean, obviously we use CloudSpot and you and I met, you know, a little over a year ago through CloudSpot and uh, I love it, man. Like I, I mean, I'll never forget the first time I sent uh, a client, a gallery through CloudSpot and I felt better. Like I felt so good about myself. I was just like, yes, art of visuals, this gallery is so clean. It looks so good. They have their own little password they get to get, you know, put in. So they feel all special. Like, oh, no one else can see these except for me. They put in their password, they log in. Everything is beautifully displayed. We shot tons of different cities, like over a seven day trip. And so even within CloudSpot, I was able to break everything up uh, to galleries. So like, I, you know, like Pacific Beach, Mount Hood, this place, that place. So that way it wasn't just like a mess of here's a thousand images. It was like, hey, here's the 80 images from this part of the trip. Here's this part. Here's that part. You can download, click what you say, like what you want to save. Uh, just really beautiful, man. So. Yeah, I'm a, obviously a big fan. I'm glad I found it. Yeah, it's actually sure. my neighbor, and, and I've heard about it word of mouth. By the way, is my my buddy Lane Laramau, who's on my podcast in an earlier episode. He's the guy who I don't know if you heard that episode, but he died. He flatlined and <laughs> came back to life. And he's the guy who told me about CloudSpot. He was like raving. He's like, Prince, Prince. By the way, did I tell you about CloudSpot? You got to come check this out. And he showed me, and I was just like, right away, I was like, Yep, I'm signing up right now. 
it's good to hear that CloudSpot's killing people, killing people since uh, 2014. <laughs> also, that'll be our new slogan. Great. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. You know, I, I'm. I'll tell you what. You know, the only reason that I really came on board. Well, there's a few reasons, but I, I really believe in the software itself. Um, but I'm also just really passionate about helping people. So remember that for the first thing that I was presented with when going back to college was I wanted to help people. And, and so I went the doctor route. And this kind of fulfills that for me now because I see that, you know, there's a lot of struggling photographers out there who e even people who are just strictly amateurs, but in the back of their head, maybe thinking like, oh man, I'd kind of like to do this professionally. Right. And if I can help people like that, and show them how they can grow their business and how they can utilize tools to really start getting clients and to grow in that business, then I, I feel great. And that's kind of why I'm here. You know, I just, I love the community. I want to build it. I want to help you guys. And CloudSpot's there. Absolutely. Give me a few, a few ways. Uh, <clears throat> Cause I know a lot of people from our community, you know, they don't necessarily have the skills. So bu building a website, right? To, to, to have any type of online business, you need a website. A typical photographer would need a portfolio. They would need some type of uh, e-commerce plugin or use utilize some type of e-commerce platform uh, to enable them to be able to sell prints. Uh, they'd have to do, they'd have to find someone who can actually print the prints for them. They have to fulfill the orders. They have to ship the stuff to people. Like there's a lot of pieces um, that most people don't realize and until they try to do it and then they never do it because they're just like, oh, it's just too much work. So what's a really easy alternative? Because you guys have one, right? Well, yeah. So CloudSpot can do all of that stuff for you basically, right? So you don't have to worry about resizing anymore, watermarking, sending the images, the emails, all that kind of stuff. I and mean, there's also like marketing tools built into it too. So it's crazy. Like for all of you guys who shoot weddings out there, for instance, like just turning on something like as simple as email capture, which takes one second to do within CloudSpot. When people then go into your gallery, they have to put in your their email address. And then within CloudSpot, you start gathering all these email addresses. And for every wedding that I do now, it's somewhere between 80 and 120 different email addresses that I get. So if I want to then email all these people, it's a click of one button. And I can go like, hey, we're doing a 20% sale this weekend on prints. Here's, here's the code for you. And CloudSpot does all that for you. And if I want to do like a, you know, family photo sessions, you know, one weekend out of the year and, and hey, we're, we're doing this, if you want your family photos taken, you can email all those people. It's like the remarketing capabilities within CloudSpot is just tremendous and it just really helps you kind of build things. So it's pretty darn cool. Yeah, that's amazing. So basically photographers could use CloudSpot as their portfolio and as a business piece to sell their prints. Yeah. So and one of the things that I forgot to mention, of course, is CloudSpot generates what's called a homepage for you. It may not take place take the place of like a full on website, but it is a page that has like your logo on it, has your social links on it, and then it has your public galleries listed there as well. And if they click those galleries, you know, if you allow them to, they can go in and check out your work. Um, but they've got like your info there. So if they need to contact you, they can just do it with a click right there. They can check out your social profiles, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's more than just a gallery company. It's It's that homepage, it's remarketing tools, but I think, from my point of view, the most important thing about it is just the support that you get. Uh, it's unmatched in the industry. We, we do something a little differently here. 
most of the people who work at CloudSpot are active professional photographers. Uh, we still maintain active businesses and we're always out there shooting. And I think that that's so important because we understand you guys and we understand like what kind of tools that you need to, to just make things go and what's going to make your life easier. And uh, so that's pretty cool. And you can always reach us via our chat bubble, through email. Um, me and Gavin, we and the other guys here, like we never really sleep. So we're just, we're there to help you. It's cool. I love it. Those are my favorite companies. Companies built by creators for creators. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate you. Definitely, definitely had tons of great value, tons of great nuggets. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. Please share the Art of Visuals podcast with your friends and make sure to hit that subscribe button. Sharing is caring. You can follow Art of Visuals on Instagram at Art of Visuals or sign up for the Art of Visuals newsletter on artofvisuals.com. Join us next episode for more, but until then, let's continue to visually inspire the world together. <laughs>